Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to go over a topic that I get a lot of questions on, and uh, it's been quite popular for years, is bone density. Uh, bone density is something that is crucially important. We see, uh, as people get older, bone fractures. Sometimes we even see fractures in people that aren't very elderly, and it's because they haven't kept up with or are doing healthy enough things to build a good, solid frame. Now, as a chiropractor, you'd imagine, uh, we get oftentimes labeled as bone doctors, and that's okay. I don't mind being called a bone doctor. That seems like a great job, but we're really joint and nerve doctors, uh, to be specific, but we certainly know a lot about bones. Um, before we do the physical things that we do to our patients, we always want to make sure that they have a, a good enough bone density and integrity to be able to tolerate the twisting and the squeezing that we do to them if we use that kind of technique. And I've mentioned before, there's 140 styles of chiropractic. Some of them, you know, you can get away with on really, really fragile people because they're very gentle techniques, very specific techniques. And other ones are very physical techniques, as you'd imagine, the kind of the ones that, you know, make great YouTube videos and do crazy things, squeezing and popping people. A little more dramatic, right? Um, but today, what I want to get into is some basic questions, but let's understand bone a little bit. One of the things that there's some misconceptions, and one of the misconceptions is that bones are just I-beams that hold us up, and if we didn't have them, we'd be just gelatinous blobs on the ground, and certainly there's some truth to that, but bones do so much more than that. If you really think about it, you may have learned, maybe even in grade school, that bones make our blood. I think it's 95% of the cellular structures of uh, what we find in, in, in our blood um, you know, in our, is coming from bones, so the red blood cells, such uh, things like that. And they're also important in our ability to ambulate, right? We got to be able to move. And their density has a lot to do with the health of the individual in general, but there's very specific things we can do in our diet and their exercise um, to make sure our bones stay dense and become more dense if we're having issues with that. Some drugs demineralize bone or make it osteopenic or osteoporotic. You've heard some of those terms. Osteopenic is mildly loss of, of mild loss of minerals or osteoporosis is you know a more advanced loss of minerals of a real thinning of bone and an increased you know potential for fracture but the biggest thing i want to get across is that we have the ability to change our bone density at any age um, when we're younger it's you know obviously more dramatic just like building muscle it's easy to build muscle when you're young and a little bit harder as you get older because there's hormonal differences and joint problems which change how much we can uh, get around and move but the first thing to know is Wolf's Law. Uh, Wolf was an anatomist from Germany. He lived uh, 1836 to 1902. And he came up with the idea that there is, when you put a force through bone, it automatically restructures, calls in sort of a command to become more dense. Just like when you lift weights, you get more muscle and you can, or you can get stronger muscle. The same thing occurs with bone. It has to adapt to the forces. And that was kind of a revolutionary thing back then to figure that out. People didn't realize that their bones changed in density, but forces create that. And maybe that feels like common sense to some people, but if that is, let's take a look at what can we do about that. Now, the first thing, the first caveat here is we better have something in our bloodstream floating around that will allow us to build those bones. So we need the raw materials. The raw materials of bone, as you know, calcium is a major factor. And the, the word, another word to know is hydroxyapatite. That is a matrix. It's a cartilage protein matrix that sort of attaches 
and, and collects all the minerals and in concert, we have real strong bone. But we have to be able to get all the basic nutrients of bone density, of bone materials, and all the hormones and adapting factors that put it all together in concert. And diet has a, a pretty big role in it, as well as physical activity. Like so many things in our videos, we're going to talk about becoming physical, how much physical activity to do, and eating a proper diet, having enough of the phytonutrients and uh, all the minerals to be able to put together an integrous body in general and mind, but also, you know, in this case, we're going to talk more about bones. Now, hydroxyapatite, it, they, they refer to it as an insoluble salt of calcium and phosphorus. So it puts together uh, the minerals and holds it together. And an alkaline diet is the first thing I just want to talk about real briefly. There are foods that create a more acidic bloodstream and a more uh, basic bloodstream. And an acidic bloodstream is breaking the body down. An alkaline or you know, more base diet is one that's going to make you a lot more, a lot healthier. You're going to be able to deposit minerals into bone better under an alkaline diet. And we can put that in the links, alkaline diets. You can look up the, the foods that are associated with that. That's a whole other talk. We wanted to do that. But we want to make sure that we understand that uh, some of the alkalizing of the body is associated with becoming much and much healthier from, from cancer, diabetes, heart disease. They've shown a, the alkaline uh, foods um, help, help us process our body in a much more uh, integrous way, putting us together in a much more stronger fashion. Um, kids' bones are different than adults' bones, right? Uh, you, a, a child rolls down the stairs. Uh, they can fracture bones, of course, but they tend not to, right? They bounce. Well, we say that they're younger. But what they really have is bone that is still very cartilage, very cartilage-like. There's a light painting of minerals inside and around and in, into that bone, and it flexes. So they sort of literally bounce down the stairs versus shatter. When bones get older, they become stiffer, harder, and they may not be more dense. And so instead of absorbing the shock by bending, they shatter. And that's why we have so many fractures in elderly people. Bones, in, in, uh, bones get thicker up until about age 25, uh, and become more mineral dense un until that age. And then they, they up until about age 30, there's another, you know, sort of building of uh, bone. And then at that point, we start to lose bone unless we're really doing good things with our bodies. And if you think about age 30, it's oftentimes when we become less active. We were, we're, we're children running around, and all of a sudden now we have the responsibilities of an adult and sometimes not such great dietary habits. And then the hormones and the shifting in the body, and together you have this sort of triad of you know, demineralization of the body. So we want to make sure we get in there, build a good bone density as a child if we can, and that's simply being real active and having a healthy diet, which we get into. But we want to make sure that we respect that all the throughout our life and realize we can build bone at any age. That's something that uh, is more understood more recently. They used to think that you had this bone bank, you built it up, and then you just spent the the, the sort of the, the minerals in the bone over time and you just whittled away as you got older and that's not exactly uh, exactly true. Um, some other misconceptions about bone is that it is you know uh, sort of stagnant that it doesn't do much that it just you know gets dense and then starts to lose minerals and it's that simple but we every year we rebuild 10% of our skeleton completely. So imagine if you did healthy things for a series of years, you would be rebuilding more and more of that skeleton in a healthy way. So if we're turning over bone under an environment where we have exercise, 
weight-bearing exercises, uh, we're going to get a lot healthier. We're going to get a lot more dense, and that bone is going to be able to absorb more shock and be able to, uh, you know, help us not have the fractures in the hip and in the spine and the ribs that you see as people get a little bit older. Um, like we said earlier, bones make blood. A lot of people don't realize so they have multiple functions like that. But let's get into some uh, some questions. Now, um, one of the ones that have been asked multiple times is do vegetables help you build bone? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. You know, vegetables carry minerals, uh, vitamin C. The green and the yellow turn out to be the best ones because they carry some of the phytonutrients that uh, create the hormone shifts to be able to lay down proper bone. Uh, they looked at onions, I thought was interesting. You know, women over 50 that ate a lot of onions had osteoporosis decreased by 20%. And that's pretty amazing, right? 20% is a big number when we're talking about elderly women and their bone density. And Simple Onion was doing that. So there's you know, many other foods that can do that as well. Uh, another question is, how much does weight-bearing exercise help? Well, the answer to that, of course, is a lot. We mentioned earlier Wolf's Law, right? So weight-bearing or forces put through bone had the bone get thicker. And we'll see that you know, depending on your body size, your bone is a different density. You take someone very thin, very smaller boned, and uh, a lot, not a lot of muscle, just a light person, their bones are gonna be thinner because they're only pulling and pushing around a smaller body mass. And people that are obese and carrying a lot of extra weight, whether that be a lot of muscle and fat or just, or just fat, their bones are a little thicker. The problem, of course, is you don't wanna become obese to just increase your bone density because there's so many horrifying diseases associated with obesity, as most people know. So we want to be able to put force through bone that isn't just our body. It's the actual weights that we're lifting. And weight-bearing exercises using, you know, that idea of Wolf's Law is crucial. So you take weights that, you, and you got to be reasonable with what your joint health is because you don't want to sprain you know, joints and uh, tear into knee cartilage by doing things that are uh, beyond your ability. Always have a, you know, good um, you know, personal trainer, chiropractor, physician, if, if they know these things, to be able to give you advice on what fits your, your frame and your body as far as a, a pounding it can take. Because running is an amazing way to build bone. Only so many people can really run. And how far do we need to run? Uh, you know, they said anywhere from three, three, three to four miles at every other day was enough to significantly change someone's bone density for the better. Now, the issue with that, of course, is can be the orthopedic problems associated with running. I'm a bit of a runner, but at times I've paid a price for that. I really think it's a great way to do so many things for our body. It's a primal movement, which you can get into sometime. Um, so I still continue to do it. I do it reasonably. I do it with the right shoes. And, um, and I listen to my body when it's time to take a rest from it for a while. Therefore, while they said swimming wasn't going to make any difference because it wasn't that jarring force, but it turns out it is still a force and it does increase bone density. You know, we spend a lot of time in the water and I think that uh, rehabilitating joints in the water is crucial. And increasing bone density in the water, especially when someone's older and they're having problems with, you know, the, the force of gravity and the gra hitting the ground, um, a water exercise program to increasing bone density is fantastic. So, you know, the answer to that's pretty simple. It's an absolute yes. Um, you really have to just uh, take a look at what, what can you tolerate, but know that forces are crucial and lifting somewhat of a heavy weight um, is going to do that a little faster than the lighter weights, but you can make up for that with repetition. Uh, let's see, carbohydrate, protein, or fat? What is more important for building bone? Question number three. So uh, protein is the absolute answer to that one. 
50% um, of bone is protein. That cartilaginous uh, matrix, the hydroxyapatite and the collagen uh, are the main sources of uh, protein in bones. Collagen is a type of protein. So when you support that with proper foods, um, you're going to increase the ability to build bone. There have been uh, people that have had uh, up to 100 grams a day for the average size and, and mobile person has been shown to increase bone density. When you start getting below 50 grams per day of protein, you start seeing changes for the worse. You start to see bone uh, demineralize because it doesn't have the matrix and the cartilaginous matrix to soak up and hang on to and uh, be part of that bone, that nice dense bone. So take a look at your protein intake and um, see what you're getting. Uh, 100 grams of protein can be a little challenging to get in a day. Um, I do it easily. That's, that's what I do. I, I've heard that number so many times that uh, uh, for so many other healthy things that I use that. I try to eat really healthy proteins um, to pull that off. Uh, how much calcium do I need to take? Now, there's a great answer because there are supplements out there, let's say, that carry high levels of uh, calcium. And I've heard everything from 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams of calcium per day. But my thing is always see what you can get from food. Supplements are fantastic. We have loads of them at the office. Um, they can help. And uh, sometimes they're the only way. And, and sometimes they're the best way. With vitamin D, it's, it's hard for some people to get enough sun on their skin for a lot of reasons, from medication to melanomas and different uh, skin issues that they have. And, or just plain finding the sun in Buffalo, right? It's, in, it's really tough uh, in the wintertime. It's impossible. So supplementing with uh, vitamin D to do that as well. But with calcium, you want to make sure that you're spreading it out throughout the day. When I was researching this, I learned something like I do every time I do these videos. And I learned that spreading your calcium out during the day really made a difference in your absorption. I know that with vitamin C and I know that with certain uh, vitamins, I didn't realize that calcium was, was a big difference in absorption. Uh, because we have to first ingest something, we have to absorb it through, like get it through our intestine and our bloodstream, then it has to be utilized and, and brought in, right? So we can swallow calcium, we hopefully get it through our intestine, and then it has to be taken into the bloodstream and deposited into bone. And if the bone isn't calling it, because we're not putting force through bone, we don't win, right? And then we excrete that calcium, and then we have, you know, one of those comments that we have expensive urine again, right? But we certainly want to we'll call that to the bone through stimulating the bone properly. But getting calcium in your body through vegetables is your best way. Working to try to get 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams a day still is the right answer. I like microcrystalline hydroxyapatite as a supplement. Um, it is calapatite for short. Remember just appetite, calcium appetite, calapatite. Um, is the is my favorite one. I've seen pretty great results with that one. I had a friend of mine, really healthy guy. I think he was in his early 60s, late 50s at the time. Uh, great skier, went downhill backwards and uh, hit a tree. And he shattered, I think, three ribs and his uh, scapula, his shoulder blade in three places. And right away he called me up and said, okay, what am I going to do? And I said, well, you're going to have to take some calcium supplements. I'm going to put you on this one. It's like a bone building supplement. And he wasn't a guy who really took a lot of vitamins and supplements, but you know he was in a situation where he wanted to utilize that because he's got a great diet, he's a super healthy guy. And the first thing he said to me is, my fingernails are growing like crazy. And so he became a believer, right? He became a believer that I can ingest a supplement and it's actually making a difference. And of course he healed really fast. It's not a great study, obviously. We don't have double blind crossover placebo controlled study here, 
But we do have a guy whose fingernails grew a lot quicker than normal, meaning he was taking something, it was getting inside, and it was changing something in the same kind of uh, tissue. You know, your skin and your bones are, are very related, and your fingernails are related, and they're very mineral-deposited uh, uh, tissues. So it was really cool to see that he was able to, uh, and, he, and he healed incredibly fast, right? He's a healthy guy too, though, right? But I, I really believe that had a lot to do with it. So we want to make sure that we're, we're eating enough calcium and get it from a lot of different foods, which we can, I think we can get into later. I think that became a question at some point. Um, what is vitamin D used for in regards to bone? Well, vitamin D helps you absorb your calcium. When I looked at the importance of different you know, vitamins, minerals, and foods uh, in this, I really realized once again, and I knew this, but it's nice to be reminded how often vitamin D plays a role in our health. It's an incredibly, incredibly important vitamin. And it's, it's actually, you know, a hormone as well. Um, it's, it's made, as most people know, from the sun shining on our skin. It, we can ingest it in certain foods. Fish have vitamin D eggs. And then it's fortified in certain foods as well. Some foods don't come with it naturally, but it's put in there. And there's vitamin D2 and there's vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 is, uh, is the one you should be looking for a little bit more. Um, so vitamin D has a role in getting the calcium from your bloodstream once we ingest and absorb it into the bone itself. So vitamin D is, is, is absolutely crucial. Um, and and it, to know how much vitamin D you have, blood work is really the best thing. Try to, try to yearly um, figure out what your vitamin D is in your blood work. Have it done. You, know, you want a number of about 70 is a really great number. I've had people that I know that are quite sedentary and in their house a lot, um, and they had an eight. And an eight is a scary number. That's really low, and there's so many health problems associated with vitamin D that low, especially your immune system, you know, just really not working right at all. Uh, so really be, be careful about that. Um, the, other, the other thing that's associated with vitamin D is vitamin K2. Uh, it's not a real popular vitamin, but it's been associated with bone density and a lot of in, in, interactions with vitamin D and uh, to be really healthy uh, in, in the use of how vitamin D is utilized in our body. And there's, uh, there's K2 is, is sort of, there's two types. There's MK4, MK7. MK7 is a little bit better in its association with, um, with bone density and the vitamin D's role in bone density. Let's see, question number six, does a low calorie diet decrease bone? Well, one of the things when we're uh, losing weight is we're losing our body, right? We're losing fat, hopefully, but if the diet isn't done right, we lose muscle. And uh, most people realize that. And anyone that's really been into bodybuilding or weight training, you'll see that they have to really calculate things properly to strip off the weight, especially bodybuilders, uh, to get all that fat off of you and not lose muscle. So that diet has to be like honed in and very precise, or the person as they lose fat will lose muscle and that defeats the whole purpose of bodybuilding, you want all that muscle. And it's, a, it's sort of interesting when you think about it, why wouldn't you lose bone density? If you're starving the body, the body is ingesting itself, right? When you lose weight, you're actually eating your own body, right? You're, you're, you're burning your own body. And the body at different times uh, will be smart enough to say, hey, I'm starving. I need energy to, for survival. I'm going to take it off of fat, right? That's normally how it works. But why not some other parts of the body too that you're not using, right? Especially if you're not exercising. So you have these diets that people go on that are, uh, you know, have, don't have any exercise associated with them and they get all this weight loss. And I'm not a big fan of those kind of diets. I don't think any diet should be uh, involved in without exercise. I don't think anything should have to be that extreme. 
that's my personal approach on it. So when you're doing any kind of diet like that, you can lose bone density. So they did a study I was able to find where they looked at how many calories that you started on the average person with uh, average activity, not, not an Olympic athlete, not a couch potato. And once you got down below 1,000 calories a day, there is a, a slight decrease in bone and uh, muscle. And so people doing 800 calories, 500 calorie diets a day, um, most people are, are going to have detriments to that in bone density. So you want your calories to be up around 1,200 calories a day when you're doing a diet. Average person here, right? I mean, uh, I'm hitting the middle on this. But when you get that kind of uh, starvation mode going, you're really going to end up with problems in uh, losing whatever part of the body uh, is associated with uh, whatever the body seems to need. If it needs calcium and phosphorus and magnesium and potassium, why not get it from bone, right? It's a nice bank of that stuff. And then all of a sudden you're left with pretty inferior bone. So be careful when you're doing a very calorie-restricted diet that you don't end up starving your bones out and making them thin. So that's a great question. Um, does collagen increase bone density? Well, yeah, we talked about that earlier. You know, it's the main protein in bone, so absolutely it does. Um, joints like cartilage as well. So getting proper cartilage in your body is, is crucial. Um, you can buy it as, you know, supplements. There's all kinds of protein shakes. Uh, Dr. Axe, who I like, has some great um, collagen protein um, shakes you can just you know, make smoothies out of. But really, what I found interesting is that, you know, collagen is found in, in fish, chicken, egg whites, red and yellow vegetables, and citrus fruits. Uh, citrus fruits surprised me. You know, I even double-checked that, but uh, that's great. So there's collagen protein in so many of the healthy foods. So fish, chicken, egg whites, red and yellow vegetables. Well, remember, eat the rainbow, right? Get different colors in. And citrus fruits. So go to town on those and you'll uh, increase your, you know, collagen supplies and collagen is crucial to bone. Everyone thinks of it as, you know, bone is about calcium and it certainly is, but it's, uh, there's way more to it than that. Uh, let's see, uh, number eight, does body mass affect bone density? Yeah, we sort of said this earlier that, you know, uh, obese people and um, they have a you know, the heavy body squeezing their bones down and uh, there's really not any really good uh, reasons to be obese, right? We, I think most people accept this, you know. Bone density is, is, is one strange one that we could say, well, look at that. You know, this person's 300 pounds and they have thicker bones. Um, and yeah, outside of that, maybe, you know, strong winds, right? No one's going to blow away right that way. Um, but, you know, that's about it, right? I mean, after that, the detriments of being overweight are, you know, I won't bore you with the list. Everyone knows that. Um, being too thin is also, of course, a problem, right? Because then you don't have uh, the, that, that weight on the body. So if you are just naturally thin, you know, make sure you're doing the weight bearing exercises, you know, running is fantastic, but just grabbing heavy weights, whatever you can lift, you know, a lot of times the repetitions of five, five sets of five is like a strength workout. And when you're strengthening muscle, you have to be strengthening bone. So, you know, do grab a weight that you can do five repetitions and then do five sets of that and then run through different parts of the body, do them standing. You know, especially if they're in your hands, you know, put things on your back and do squats and lunges like that. Um, I always check with somebody, right? Make sure you're not going to get, get hurt. Make sure you have someone overlooking that. But that's the basic, basic idea there. Um, let's see, what supplement should I take for bone density? Well, magnesium is needed to convert vitamin D into a more active form. We talked about how vitamin D works with calcium, but magnesium is necessary to make vitamin D work. So we have a whole chain of episodes there. So magnesium is known 
uh, you know, as a muscle relaxant, it works good with migraines and headaches because it brings down the muscle tension portion of a tension headache and or it's associated with some uh, links into migraines, which are not tension headaches, but there's relationships between them. And it also helps move the bowels. We have a lot of people with constipation. We'll put them on some magnesium to get things moving and then teach them how to, of course, eat better with more fiber and water to help with that as well. But magnesium is important. Zinc, zinc prevents the breakdown of bone in general. And zinc works with allergies, the immune system. Um, you don't want the body to attack itself, right? All these autoimmune diseases we're talking about these days, we really want the body to have a balanced immune system. If it works too fast and too hard, you have an autoimmune disease. It doesn't work enough, and then you get sick and have uh, higher likelihoods of cancer. So we want that immune system to be right balanced in the middle. And one of the ways of doing that is to make sure you're getting enough zinc. 30 milligrams of zinc with food is a common uh, amount of uh, zinc to help people be healthy. And, and magnesium, it's somewhere between 250 and 500, depending on your body mass, uh, in milligrams. Um, vitamin D as well. Okay, another supplement we mentioned earlier. So magnesium, zinc, vitamin D uh, are all a big part of it. One of the interesting things is that spinach has a lot of calcium in it, but it isn't very easily absorbed. And it's because it has oxalates. Now, oxalates are one of the things that breaks down from certain really healthy foods, but it really doesn't help you absorb calcium. So spinach can be healthy for a lot of things. It has magnesium and zinc, so you can eat it for that, but it's not a great source of calcium. But potatoes, shrimp, salmon, mackerel are all good sources of bone food. So potatoes, spinach, raisins, uh, shrimps, uh, salmon, and mackerel, I would say, put into that category of foods that will really help you um, have the building blocks for bone. You mix that with the exercise and you're doing really good. Uh, good sources of calcium, since spinach isn't the greatest source of it, even though it contains it, are kale, collard greens, and dandelions. Um, so some of the things that are, you notice a lot of these foods are kind of bitter. I one time read a study about bitter foods and it's, it, their links to uh, cancer prevention. It's really interesting that we don't have a lot of bitter foods in our diet. Um, we tend to eliminate that because maybe because of the flavor. I can, I can, I like to dull down some of the more bitter foods by using smoothies and putting in um, super dark chocolate. Uh, dark chocolate uh, and some of the more bitter foods together, I find uh, you know, pretty tasty. But yeah, I give it a shot sometime. You know, put put some of the more collard greens and dandelions in uh, in your smoothies and add a little bit of um, uh, super dark chocolate or cacao. Uh, another form of, you know, more raw form of chocolate without the sweeteners and no dairy in it, really healthy, antioxidant, um, pretty iron rich as well. Uh, let's see, do fats, number 10, do fats help at all to increase bone density? Well, it's absolutely omega-3 fats, that's the healthy fat. There's three, six, and nine, and the nine isn't so good, but the six and the three are really good, and three is the best. And you want to make sure that your ratio is right. And this could be a little complicated for anybody that's uh, more science-based and wants to really go to town on this. You want a six, uh, an omega-6 to 3 ratio of 4 to 1. So four parts of omega-6 to one part of omega-3. Even though omega-3 is better, that you want that, that 4 to 1 ratio. Uh, the best place to get omega-3 is this krill oil. Uh, you know, the certain fish like mackerel, herring, and wild salmon have omega-3s in it. Omega-6s, walnuts, hemp seeds, avocado oil, and eggs um, were some of the things I found to be uh, the most dense in, in nutrients. So overall, in summary, I think we want to make sure that we understand that there is a lot to know about bone density. 
using a more alkaline diet, and I can put that in the links. So you can just simply look up alkaline foods, and you try to eat the most alkaline foods and stay away from the acidic foods. Um, making sure that you're really respecting the idea that you're putting force through bone to make it thicker in whatever way you can. I tell people if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl, if you can't crawl, roll around on the floor, right? Which is kind of what yoga is at its primal and it, it, in its basic state. Uh, put force through bone and give your body enough nutrients to take that so that force can call, when it calls in uh, nutrients, that they're available in your blood so they can go right in there and take care of business. So, um, yeah, I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. Hey, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the station, and any comments, questions you have, please, I'm open to anything like that. Let's make this thing great and uh, get everybody uh, to the next level of health. That's my job. That's what I really want to do is get everybody feeling super uh, during all these uh, this tough time that we're having with this uh, pandemic and everything else. So uh, anything else you need to know, uh, feel free to, to give suggestions. I can cover any, any, just about every manageable topic in health. Happy to research it and put it together for you. So uh, you have a great day. Thanks for joining us today.